The Broken Meeple, Season 3, Episode 4, recorded the 9th of May, 2019. The Broken Meeple Podcast, a show devoted to board games, card games, and the people who play them. Sit back and enjoy, and remember, it's only a game. Hi everyone, sorry for the long absence. Yes, I've been doing a fair few videos, but April and May is quite busy for me, even more so with the new job I'm in. The next two weeks I've got to go away on a tax audit for two weeks, so I'm literally uh, I'm here for the weekends, but I'm away for the weekdays. However, you'll get this episode out before I go, and, well, maybe I'll set it as I go, I don't know, it depends on the timing. I've got an anthology to upload as well. And I'll leave you with some content while I'm away, because I'll only have so much time on the weekends when I come back to record new stuff. But I will certainly have enough to keep the channel going over the next two weeks. And of course, after these two weeks, it is the UK Games Expo. Yes, and that's what the main focus of this episode is going to be. More of a kind of preview, just my thoughts on it in general, and you know what I think I'll be doing when I get there. I have to admit, for the most part, I'm kind of winning it this year. You know, but, you know, more on that a bit later. So first off, let's have a few games that I've been playing lately. Well, some of them are going to appear in the anthology, so I don't want to give away too much, but I'll try Museum. Museum, or Museum if you're American, Museum if you're English. This is the new game that Vincent Dutrait has uh, illustrated, which I swear that guy is a machine. Seriously, does this guy do anything but draw? But this was a Kickstarter a while back, and it was basically a card game where you were collecting these different, you know, actual real-life relics from different continents, and you were putting them in your museum. And the idea was is that you were collecting sets of different colors and continents and types, and you had this weird card mechanic where you drew it into your hand, you played it from your hand by discarding other cards from your hand, so I, I like that, you know, when you got the, the multi-choice uh, paid the cost and that, it's a bit like what Valley of the Kings and San Juan and that kind of do. And the idea is though is that when you play them into your library, you can also take a turn to get the cards back from your discard pile, and opponents can actually pay you to take a card from your discard pile and put it into their library. So there's a bit more interaction between the players, and it's quite a neat concept. For the most part. The problem with Museum is that it's not that entertaining when you really think about it. It's okay, you know, it's cool, you know, the art looks nice and it's a fairly simple game, but it's got some fairly convoluted rules in it and it's fiddly as oh get out trying to work out what bonus you've got. The scoring system in this is weird. It's so weird. You're supposed to line up your cards so that they're, if the rooms are next to each other, they're part of the same bonus, and you've got bonuses for you know symbols and bonuses for colors, and it's not on impossible to tell what card is in what room when you put it on your little playmat. It's really, really fiddly. You know, I would have a nightmare if I was owning this game and trying to teach it all the time. But the concepts in it generally work fine, but I really don't see why this was a Kickstarter. It's got a couple of mini expansions from, I've not played them, but from what I've heard, they don't really add that much to the game, and one of them that people don't even want to play because it sounds like it will just complicate things too much. 
And after playing it a few times, I'm just like, yeah, it exists. It's a card game. It's a bit fiddly, but I like some concepts in it, but not enough to really keep me that interested. Probably about a... I'm not even sure I could really give it a 6. I'd probably give it a 5. It's average. I don't really feel like playing it again. Every time it arrives on the table, I'm like... I'll opt for something else, well, with the exception if the options are, you know, if this is, if the options are Museum or Concordia, you can guarantee I'm playing Museum. But, you know, yeah, it just really wasn't doing it for me. Another new game I've tried is Downfall. This is done by John Sinclair, and he's the same designer who basically did uh, the Mystic Veil series, a series that I really like, and also the Edge of Darkness uh, Kickstarter, which I'm in, and I cannot wait to play it, because two of my friends whose opinion I don't always ex don't always agree with, but I respect, have told me it's really, really good. So, you know, I'm they, they got to play it in Canada, I think, on a, in a convention when they were over there for the holiday. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one greatly. Downfall is another Kickstarter, I believe. I completely never heard of this one. It just flew under my radar like no other. Um, I should know when this designer is coming out with a game, but no, this one just completely surprised me. And so they bring this big box game, you know, about the post-apocalyptic scenario, kind of like Fallout meets uh, resource gathering. I guess. No, it just seems like a sort of 4X version of Fallout, really. And you you have a, a faction, a base, and what you're doing is that you're on this hex map. Yep, everything's about hexes. And you're gathering resources. You need food in order to feed your workers and colonies. You need metals and, you know, uh, what was it? Metals and oils and stuff in order to build airships to, for transportation and different buildings. And essentially, you're trying to gain VP, you know, victory points as always. But you can do this in a variety of ways. You can go attack opponents. You can go, you know, do mass resource gathering. You can try and clean up the environmental fallout effects. There's a few different things you can do. And the main way it works is this interesting little, I don't know if I could call it a deck building mechanic, it's, it's a, essentially a hand management system. You have a small deck of cards and it's tailored to your faction to begin with. And you draw free cards, I think it's free cards, from this, is it free? Might be four. And the idea is, is that you have this hand of cards and you choose one of them. And they have things like build or move or gather, you know, the types of actions that you can do. There's a big action, which is the main way you should do it, and a small action, like a minor action, which is something different to what else is on the card, but sometimes you just desperately need that action, even if it's a lesser version of it. You choose one, pass the rest along in the kind of drafting system. Then everybody resolves the card. Turn order usually doesn't matter, but there's a system in play for when it does, which is, you know, nice and easy. And the idea is, is that you are basically doing a 4X style game of survival in this Fallout world. When the cards get passed to you, you then do the same again. You draw one from your deck to add to the three you've been given, and then you pick one and then pass three on. So the idea is, is that your starting deck doesn't stay that way because you're going to be passing other cards on and people are going to be passing cards on to you. So you actually find that at some point... Your deck is actually completely different to how it started. It could be made up predominantly of a certain type of action card. And it's quite an ingenious way of doing it. Of course, trying to think about what you've actually got in that deck and what you can really use is kind of problematic. It's somewhat difficult to do that during the game. But all in all, the production quality is pretty good. It's got, you know, hexes, big airship models. Certainly it got blinged up a bit during the Kickstarter, although the box doesn't seem big enough to actually hold everything, which is kind of weird. But, oh well, that's Kickstarter's in a nutshell for you. 
And I kind of enjoyed this game. It's a bit long, particularly with four players. I felt that it just sort of dragged a bit, but we were learning the game, so there was that. And we certainly came across a couple of concepts that you really should be aware of when you play this. Firstly, it can be quite mean at times. You have the ability to really screw over players at times if they leave themselves undefended or put themselves in a situation where you could really screw them and they're... Yeah, you don't want to be one of those people who hates it when somebody wails on them, because I was doing it to a few people in the last game, and certainly I could feel their pain. The other thing, though, is that the game really doesn't emphasize enough how important movement cards are. It was very easy to find that within like a short space of time, the movement cards were just gone from my deck. And everything. I thought, well, I don't need to move right now, I'll pass those on and concentrate on these. And then by a quarter of the way through the game, everybody else had all the movement cards. And they turned out to be really, really useful. Like, movement was something you just could not do without. And I found that the grow and excavate actions were just constantly flooding back to me because nobody really wanted to play them, they're not that good. So there's a bit of a balance issue with some of the cards, and now that I go into it, when I go into it a second time, I'll be like, all right, fine, you know, I'll hang on to a couple of those cards and make certain I don't get screwed out of them. But the game doesn't hold your hand to make you realize this until you've played a game of it, and it really could have done with maybe some tips and that in the back of the book, or maybe some way to beef up those excavate cards, because really, people don't really pay much attention to them. The movement ones are just so useful, you know, to actually go out and get more stuff. It's kind of necessary. But all in all, the game was alright. I, I found it fine, possibly, probably about a six. You know, I, I don't think I'm going to be seeking it out all the time, but if it hits the table and it's an option, I'll be like, yeah, you know what, I'll play a game of Downfall, it'll be alright. And hopefully it'll be quicker than the last time. Maybe it just needs less players. It does go up to six. I was playing with four. I will not play this with 5 or 6, I'm sorry, it was long enough with 4, it does not need 5 or 6, because the map scales with players anyway, so all I'm doing is just adding more time to the game and some more potential lethal interaction, I suppose. So, it's not all bad, but yeah, you're going to be there for like a Twilight Imperium free length game if you dare to try this with 6 players, particularly in your first game. So, downfall, not bad, not fantastic. Okay, on to the expo. Yes, I go to the UK Expo. I think I've been going there ever since I started going there. I've not missed a year. But I don't know whether this is my fifth or sixth expo. Probably my sixth. I'm trying to think. It's, you know, I've been going each year and it's certainly grown. I mean, the first time I went, it was still in the Hilton Hotel. And then the year after that, it started migrating into the NEC Centre, and now it's just getting bigger and bigger and slowly taking over the entire NEC Centre. And good on it, because more space is good. I don't like it when conventions get too crammed. The problem I am finding with the Games Expo in general, though, is that a lot of game releases... Well, when you've done this as long as I have, you start noticing trends with game releases. And it's evident that the first four months of the year, aside from the occasional gem, game releases are mostly rubbish. You know, they're not interesting and not particularly great not including kickstarter releases here that's different they just come out when they come out but generally oh a new published game i'm like yeah it's there not that fast and certainly that's the way for the first four maybe even five months but then you get to the uk games expo and it's still nothing much changes you get a couple of new releases there but nothing that i would say is like oh my god hermie gird amazing or anything 
Generally, a lot of the good games, like the really good stuff, the hotness, comes out around Gen Con, sort of post-Gen Con in the summer, and Essen, and leading up to Christmas. I mean, for obvious reasons. They're the two biggest conventions in the world, and Christmas is, well, Christmas. So, it's normal for that. So, when I go to the Games Expo, more and more each year, and this is a combination of the timing of the year and also possibly just my exposure to board games has possibly left me a little jaded, but there's never usually a lot of games I'm looking forward to anymore. I seem to compare UK Games Expo to kind of like the, the indie games market for video games, where it's a lot of these little games done by like random people I've never heard of, and you know maybe they're Kickstarter ones that I've not heard of, and you know they're not the, like the biggest names there releasing their next big hotness, and they seem to be a lot of the small games, the small titles. Now, that's not to say they're all bad, I'm not saying that at all, but... There's definitely a case of, well, you know, they're, they're alright, but it's difficult for them to draw me in. I go on Tabletop Together's website for their tool, for looking around conventions, and my god, it's a good tool. But, my god, I was scrolling through it for the Games Expo, and I just really couldn't find anything I was interested in. Now, I don't go into a huge amount of detail when I go through this tool, because some people might spend hours at this thing looking at Board Game Geek for all the details and in the forums and that. I'm not. I am interested in two things. I want to know, well, three things. I want to see the cover, so the cover better be interesting to start with. I want to see the uh, publisher and designer names along with the stats, you know, so like, you know, how many players is it? How long is it? Who designed it? Well, that, that's an indication. And then I want to see the mechanics and they're usually down at a list. So I want to see, oh, it's got exploration, deck building and action selection. Okay, fine. And then I look for those and I see what combinations come out and I start thinking, right, I want to look at those specifically. But I really just could not find a lot this year and it's getting worse every year. Yeah, when I go to Essen, there's usually a fair amount I want to look at, but even that's starting to dwindle. But I remember being like a kid in a candy store the first time I went to Essen. And probably the first time, first couple of times I went to UK Games Expo as well, but then that's because I wasn't doing the blog as much. It was certainly not, uh, you know, the, the main thing I did. I wasn't getting as much review copies, so I wasn't seeing these games ahead of time. But, wow, you know, now I kind of see a lot of these things coming, and I don't desperately need them. So just looking at the tabletop together tool now... What have I got on there? I got Cloud Spire. That looks, you know, it's an interesting cover and a uh, Top Gear, um, Top Gear, uh, Dice Tower. Yeah, I've got that on the brain at the moment. Um, Dice Tower mentioned it in their anticipated games. I'll admit I will give it a shot. Not a problem. Uh, High Rise, you know, uh, former Ferret Games. You know, they've done some pretty good stuff. But a city, a heavy city building game. I might like this. I'm a little bit concerned that it might be a bit too heavy, convoluted, and long, considering the time length on this game looks pretty high, but we don't have a lot of good city-building games other than things like Suburbia and Quadropolis, and even then, that's a medium and a light game, respectively. I could do with a heavy city-building game. I then got Imperial Settlers Roll and Write, and to be honest, uh, I, mean, I want to try it. I want to try it, and I will try it over the Games Expo, but I'm not exactly... Like, jumping for joy at the more mention of another roll and write game. Especially when you actually call the game roll and write. That just seems, what, come on. But, yeah, roll and writes just don't do it for me as much. I've got Harvest Dice behind me right now. That is my go-to roll and write. I played Corinth. That's on the Anthology review. It's okay. It's fine. Does what it says on the tin. But, again, I mean, it's better than most other roll and writes. I'll give it that. But a lot of them are just, like, multiplayer solitaire solo games with a pad and pencil. They just, I just don't seem to go for them as much. Uh, Chocolate Factory, I don't know if I'm going to like this one as much. I played the prototype and I wasn't exactly bored over with it. So, 
you know, just to see a more, you know, decent production quality version rather than a prototype, I'll, I'll go for it, no problem. Letter Jam, you know, I like word games, I like little word party games, and I believe uh, Paul Grogan wants me to sort of have a look at this as well, so, you know, I'll give it a try, you know, I, I, I think we're not, there's not a lot of party games being released these days, so I would like to see more. Uh, Sierra Rest, Sierra West, <laughs> you try saying that fast when you're drunk, that does look pretty sweet, actually. The whole idea of the overlapping cards and that seems like a cool mechanic, looks gorgeous, it looks very pretty and colourful, the cover is, wow. I want that cover on my wall. It looks such a beautiful cover. So that one I'm definitely uh, hyped on seeing. Uh, Solar Storm, I don't know what that one's going to be like. Uh, is that a cooperative game? It might. Yep, it is a cooperative game, so I do like looking at these. The cover looked good. That's about all I know, really. Sorcerer, well, a sort of Magic the Gathering style summoning deck, you know, little card game. Well, in a giant box. I watched Z Garcia's review of it. Seemed okay, just looks a bit convoluted for what it is, and again, it's literally shuffle building with Magic the Gathering, so basically it's Smash Up versus Magic. That's kind of what it is. Not a huge amount to go there. And other than that, oh yes, and Empires of the North. Um, Ignasty will be doing a demo of that, one of their new games coming from Portal. I'm looking forward to that as well. But other than that, there's really not a lot I had on the tool. I'm just... There just there was a lot of games that I just passed over, thinking not heard of it, not interested. Kickstarter from way back when, you know, that nobody has heard of and is only just coming out, you know, and and I, I don't know. There's just not a lot to get me that hyped. Now I know that sounds a little bit, you know, boring or you know how depressing of you, but I do like going to the expo to find hidden gems, and usually that's what tends to happen. I go there, I try out the games I really want to try, some are good, some are bad, and then occasionally I'll just come across one and go, oh, I didn't see this on the tool, let's have a look. Do, 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 do. Ooh, this is nice, yes, and, and Harvest Dice was one of those, I'd never heard of it before, and then suddenly it's like, oh yeah, I want this game, and for £9 it was a pretty good steal. But that's not the main reason I go to the Games Expo, it's not just for games, I go there more for the social aspect. And kind of a bit like with Essen as well. You know, when I go to the Games Expo, there are people I know from around the UK that will be there. You know, I wander around with a t-shirt on. People sort of come up and say hi. Not as often as I would hope, but, you know, certainly they do. And by all means, if you happen to be at the Expo and you want to say hi, just by all means, just come up and say hi. You know, shake, you know, fist bump, shake my hand, whatever, and just say how you are and how you're enjoying the convention. Honestly, I want to see you guys. I'll probably be helping out the Dice Tower, I hope, this time around again, as I usually do. So, you know, I'll definitely be possibly on their stool. They always have a booth at the Games Expo, so I'll, I'm waiting for Tom to uh, hurry and release the schedule so we can actually book some hours on there. But uh, I hope he hasn't done it already and I've missed it, but I haven't seen it anywhere. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, stuff like that as well. Uh, other than that, yes, I will... Oh, yes, I'm thinking maybe of entering an Arkham Horror-like uh, session um, because the the people who do Drawn to the Flame, you know, the podcast, they do a very good podcast in the UK on Arkham Horror the Living Card Game. I listen to them as well as... Uh, what's the other one I listen to? I can't remember their names now. What did I say? There's, there's several of those podcasts I listen to. Uh, oh, Mythos Busters, that's it. Yes, shout out to them, but... Um, I listen to Drawn to the Flame as well, and you know, they're generally, you know, those two are my go-to Arkham Horror LCG podcasters. 
and they're doing a session on the Saturday where they're going to play through both sessions of the, I think it's like Guardians of Lunacy and the Labyrinth or something. I can't remember. It was basically this whopping great big like 12, 16 person mega version of Arkham Horror the LCG. It was two very special scenarios, but you had everybody in little groups and then they all came together at the end. You know, it was it's this weird thing. I've never had a chance to play it because I don't know that many people who play the game and you need kind of like 12 to 16 people. This is really something that happens at a convention, not at your own table. I've got the decks, can never play them. I'm not entirely certain why I bought them, to be honest, you idiot, Luke, but waste of money. But they're going to do them on the Saturday, three hours apiece, and that is what is slightly off-putting. Saturday, if I do three hours apiece, that's like 10 till 1 and then 2 o'clock till 5, I'm pretty much cutting the expo out of my entire day for Saturday, bar one hour either side. And that's not including like walking to and fro something and probably getting something to eat. So I'm a little bit hesitant, but I don't know. It's £5 a session, so I'm going to pay £10 to be in this thing. But if it starts selling out more tickets or, you know, maybe if they need a numbers to boost up, I'll join it. It'd be cool to meet them, you know, because I suspect they'll be there, actually there. So it'd be cool to meet those. And yeah, it does sound like a fun scenario. So I'm in two minds. I'm, I'm in an iron about it. I might join it, might not. But this might be the only chance I get to do it. So again, oh, weighing up the options, I don't know. I hate these kind of decisions. But oh, I'll think about that nearer the time. Other than that, though, I don't tend to go in for many events other than uh, live shows. So I think Paul Grogan is doing a live show. So I'll probably go along and watch that. Uh, Mike Barnes will no doubt, I'm sure, do a live show of some description. So he, he does a Who Dares Rolls. So by all means, you know, if half the time he does it too late and I'm usually double booked on stuff, but, you know, I'll try to see him again. I'll try to see him this year. But if I can't, then I say to you guys, go ahead and support him. You know, go watch his show. It's usually a good laugh. And usually more for the adults than it is for the kids. But, you know, carry on with that. And of course, if Dice Tower do a live show, I will definitely be watching that one as well. But other than that, I don't tend to do a lot of the events, you know, the tournaments and that, because I'm really not a fan of tournament play. I've really soured on it now. I want to play games for fun. I don't care if I win. I just want to play it for fun. Of course, I'll try to win. But if I lose, what, what does it matter? But with tournament play, you're given an incentive to win and people take it too seriously. A game like Catan and Splendor, I mean, Catan and Splendor are predominantly luck-based. Well, Splendor, maybe less so, I don't know. But Splendor, you know, you've got luck of the draw and that's obviously going to have a factor. But Catan, you're rolling dice for resources. You might do badly just because the dice don't roll well for you. Ticket to Ride, you know, there's a ton of luck in that game as well. So how do you have tournaments and national qualifiers on such a thing? You know, it's like saying, you won the national championship of Ticket to Ride because you were a bit lucky than this guy. It's like, what? That doesn't make sense. I mean, obviously, you've got decisions to make and it's not all luck, but, you know, there's certainly a bit of a sway with it. But again, I'm just not a fan of coming across those games where you play in the tournament and suddenly people are taking it too seriously to enjoy it and it just sours my mood on the game. So, you know, the last time I did tournaments, I think I was doing the Netrunner tournaments. And again, same problem. You know, I played Netrunner for a bit with, you know, friends and had a bit of a laugh. But as soon as you play it with tournament people, oh my god. I mean, dare you try to make conversation. Dare you try to, you know, have a bit of a laugh or take your time while doing stuff. Nope, they want to win. They want to win those championships. So, uh, yeah, kind of not into that anymore. So, yeah, apart from the Saturday, I mean, certainly Sunday and Friday, I'll basically be meandering around the expo, trying out games. I'll be in 
you know, I'll be booked into certain demos at times. You know, I've had emails and I know I'm going to be with Ignacity uh, for some of it and Awaken Realms. And I know Paul Grogan wants me to try out the, that word jam or whatever it was, letter jam. So, you know, I'm going to try and get on with some publishers and designers there and just generally wing it, really. That's kind of what I like doing at the expo, just wing it. I walk around and see what's around and see what catches my eye while saying hi to bloggers and podcasters and designers and publishers and at that I know from Twitter and Facebook and the blog. So yeah, like I say, if you do see me at the expo, by all means, just come up and say hi. It will mean the world to me if you do. Other than that, convention-wise, I don't know what else I'm doing this year other than definitely Essen. Of course, I'll do Essen. Uh, I always do like the StabCon Souths, you know, but they're like minor ones in the uh, you know Southampton way. That's nothing major. Uh, I do the HandyCon, so yes, I will be at the next HandyCon. There's one in August, I believe. Yes, I'll be there. Uh, what else? Have I oh yes, I'm also definitely going to try to be at Tabletop Scotland. So I've never been to this one before, but I've seen pictures. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Darius, uh, uh, Darius Twiman, I can't remember his surname, but you know, he used to run Uncom before eventually that had to stop working, which was a bit of a shame, actually, because it wasn't usually the convention I would personally go to, but it was a very nice convention for welcoming families and younger ones and new gamers. So it, it did what it set out to do very well. And it's a shame that it can't be run, but, you know, running the convention is expensive, stressful, and very hard to do. Just ask Paul Harris on that one. But, uh, yeah, you know, he's he's been to Tabletop uh, Scotland, Darius, and he's told me about it. I've seen pictures. It looks cool. It looks like they've got a good library, some half-decent events, and uh, it's Scotland. Yeah, I like Scotland. You know, I've been there a few times. I like the area. It's very scenic. I like the food. You know, I'm actually saying that. I've not tried haggis, but you know, I like the rest of the food. I like the, the, the drink selections they have in bars and that. I like the people. You know, so yeah, Scotland, I'm cool for. I've never been to the Scottish Highlands either, though. I really want to go to the Highlands. I want to be trekking on those mountains. Yes, that's what I want. might be freezing myself to death, but I want to try them nonetheless. But yeah, I'll probably try and get to Tabletop Scotland. I'm probably going to fly up and, uh, you know... Uh, you know, a well, buddy of mine on Facebook who watches my blog and I met on the last uh, Aircon, you know, he's been very kind. He's actually help, thinking of putting me up for the night in a spare room. So it's like, you know, fair play to you, mate. <laughs> Saves me a packet on uh, accommodation. And you know, like I say, you know the convention better than I do because you live five minutes away from it. So I'll, def I'll definitely be up to that. All I've got to do is find a good flight to get to Edinburgh from Portsmouth. Hmm. Trip to London or Southampton, I can hope. But we'll see because I ain't driving all the way there. No way. <laughs> I'm not driving up through those average speed cameras on the M6 anymore, okay? It killed me last time I went to the Lake District. I hate those average roadworks. I hate them with a passion. But, yeah, I digress. Other conventions, I don't know. Maybe Manicon. I don't have much incentive to go to Manicon usually. Didn't like Midcon that much. You know, Stabcon South, I already mentioned, it's more local. And, of course, Essen is the big one, which I'm going to be driving to this time. <laughs> Parents don't even know I'm going to be driving to it. <laughs> but don't tell them. I think my mum would freak. But, yeah, I, I don't want to fly there anymore. You know, the train service is not as direct as it used to be. I'm fed up with having to juggle. Oh, can I carry this in my bag? And I can't take this many games back. And then I've got to get that overcrowded metro to the con to the convention. And you've got to leave an hour early because if you don't, you'll get caught in all the, pe like, sardine tin fiasco when you're trying to get back on it. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll just drive. I'll just make a day trip of driving to Germany, make a stop in Belgium en route, maybe. And I will just simply 
drive there, and then I can go to the convention in my car. And then I can put stuff in the boot. I don't have to carry it with me on a train. And then all I have to do is drive 20, 15, 20 minutes outside of Essen to get to where I'll be staying, in a part hotel. So it'll probably be nicer accommodation as well, probably quieter. And, you know, but then that's only for sleep. And, like, getting up in the morning. Aside from that, I might as well just leave my car at Essen and then go have drinks. You know, go socialise. There's usually something happening in the evening. I don't have to wait and get a specific train to get back home. I can just literally go, well, it's a bit late. It's about 11.30. I'm going to go home. I'll get in my car and just go, you know. <laughs> However, I have never driven in Europe before. <laughs> so this could be fun. <laughs> you know, am I going to get arrested by the gendarmes, you know, halfway through France? Or am I going to break a few traffic rules in Germany without realising? You know, so I've never done it before. So fingers crossed I don't make a complete hash of it. But at the end of the day, that's my UK Games Expo plan and, you know, as a bonus, some future convention plans. So there you go, that's kind of all I wanted to say for this episode, just to get out of the way. Like I said, I am going to try and do these more often, but the biggest problem I've got at the moment with this podcast is trying to think of stuff to talk about. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about games that I've just played, you know, that's helping, and obviously when a convention comes around I do that, but the One More Game segment can only work so well every now and again, and I, I need more ideas. I need more ideas for what I can do on the podcast. I mean, I could do some top tens and that, but then I already have that on the video front. And saying that, I do actually have a plan for the future that I've got a, I bought a new stabilizer gimbal, one with a telescopic lens, so it allows me to do selfie vids a lot better. I'm thinking of dabbling with doing some kind of like, quick uploads to YouTube, which will not, they, they might have a title video, and they might not even have that even, you know, they, they might not have any, like, fancy lighting, or fancy sound effects, or anything like that at all, it will literally just be me, my phone, decent camera setting, on the stabilizer, videoing myself, and then uploading it straight to YouTube. What I might do with those, though, are these impromptu videos. Say there's a top 10 that I've wanted to do, but don't find it that interesting for the channel, or I, can, I can't fit it in, so... You know, on the channel I want to do next, top 10 story-driven games. Maybe I want to talk about top 10 games from Z-Man games or something, but, you know, it's not something I want to put online, so I could just literally spend 10 minutes running through a quick top 10 of my top 10 Z-Man games, for example. And I could also do things like Q&A and just random thoughts and maybe just show off my shelf, show off a bit of my uh, setup and just... Uh, yeah, just kind of what I do. So you know, I'm, I'm looking into that idea. You know, is that something you'd like to see? Let me know. But obviously, if there's something you want to hear on the podcast, and don't say, don't suggest interviews and lots of other collaborations, because A, it's a lot of effort, and B, I'm not the most technically minded when it comes to doing like over Skype style interviews. So I usually leave that to other people who are much better at it than I am. But, you know, in terms of segments, what you kind of want to hear on the podcast, you know, let me know your thoughts, I'm interested to hear. So, with that aside, I'm going to head off now, and think of something to do tonight, because I've caught up with all my superhero TV shows, and uh, I'm kind of thinking what to do, that's why I did this podcast at the end of the day. Maybe I've got just enough time to play through some more Journeys in Middle-Earth, or maybe I could uh, catch up with my Arkham Horror LCG, because I am falling a bit behind on that. Or I could do some video editing. I don't know. i got options. It's just trying to do something rather than procrastinate. Anyway, uh, take care. I'll see you on the next video or you'll hear me on the next podcast. And until then, uh, next podcast will probably be after the Games Expo. I'll do, uh, yeah, next podcast will be a kind of like 
an overview of how the Games Expo went as well as other bits, but until then, remember, it's only a game. Take care and good night. Thank you all for listening to my content and I hope it was enjoyable for you. If you want to catch me at other sources, then there's plenty to choose from. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. You can find me at all of these places. Just search for The Broken Meeple on Facebook and you will find me. Same for Instagram. On Twitter, you can catch me at The Broken Meeple. On YouTube, just search for The Broken Meeple and you will find my channel full of videos about top tens, reviews, solo walkthroughs, and all sorts of other things besides. Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast via the RSS feed on soundcloud.com. This is where episodes will be posted in the future as well as audio-only feeds on YouTube. The Broken Meeple is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. As always, remember my motto, it's only a game.